Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am an attachment coach, and I help people heal their attachment style so that they can get too secure and have just fruitful, supportive, trusting, flourishing, amazing relationships. And today I'm very excited to talk to you about how to regulate your nervous system when you're dating someone new. Maybe you're feeling excited or maybe you're feeling overwhelmed about this new person in your life and you're finding that your nervous system is in hyperdrive. So I'm going to give you a couple tips today on how to regulate your nervous system so you can get back to a nice, calm, secure, centered place while you're talking to this new person. Um, as always, before every episode, I do a little check-in and I literally just turned the TV off because I was streaming live Coachella. It's the first weekend of Coachella this year. And I usually go for the second weekend and I actually usually stream Coachella. I call it Couchella. I usually stream the first weekend and see the people that I would be missing because usually I know like what my lineup is. And there's always so many amazing artists playing at overlapping times. And I've got some FOMO. <laughs> I have major FOMO, but it's in a very different way now that I have a son. And there's just no way that we could be there right now. I mean, there could be that we could do it if we needed to, right? But it doesn't seem very like a comfortable thing to do. And so now I'm like looking at it as like, I'm so sad that I'm not there, but it's not just that. It's like, I'm sad. I'm like saying goodbye to that person that was there having so much fun. Second weekend of Coachella and just running around and like getting into things and just not giving a fuck and having like no schedule. And I mean, it's like adult Disneyland. I love Coachella so much. I'm like kind of seeing that Sarah in front of me while I'm watching it on on the TV and being like, oh, girl, like I miss you. You were so fun. (laughs) And, you know, who am I now? And this, you know, I'm just in a big life transition becoming a mom. And so I don't think that that girl is gone forever, but she's got a different role right now, you know? And I'm officially talking about myself in the third person, which I know is very strange. This is sometimes how I do my self-talk. So welcome to my brain. <laughs> Hope you stick around. So that's my check-in. It's Coachella. When you hear that, when you hear this, it'll be the middle of the two weekends. They don't stream the second weekend. So if you missed it, you missed it. But um, if you're going to Coachella, my heart is with you. And I just hope that you have the best time and you wear your most wonderful, authentic outfits and soak in the sun. Although today it looks a little cold. So hopefully it's not cold, Coachella. And that you um, find joy because it is so fun. Uh, okay. Enough about Coachella. Enough repping that wonderful festival in the desert. Today, what are we talking about? We're talking about how to regulate your nervous system when you're dating someone new. I am helping a particular client on this right now. And let me just say, I want to first of all, welcome you. If you don't know what your attachment style is, I invite you to go listen to episode 102, where I break down the different attachment styles. I also have an attachment quiz on my website. If you go to sarahcohan.com, that's 
Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Cohan, C-O-H-A-N.com. Take the quiz. It'll pop up. It's a little button at the top. Just take the quiz, figure out what your attachment style is because the different attachment styles react differently to new relationships and to their attachment system activation. So it's key information to know. Your attachment is going to help you understand how you relate to other people. It's based on how our caregivers took care of us. And so it, it just helps you understand how, why you're presenting the way that you are. And it can help be the guideposts on how to get back to center quicker. I look at sec- a secure attachment as like center. So the different attachment styles react differently when they are activated. And I want to just define like where attachment, where the attachment system lives in our body. Because I often talk about like, oh, your attachment system is activated. Oh, you're sleeping with someone new. You're dating someone new. Like your attachment's activated. But what exactly does that mean? So I see it as kind of a system of different parts of our body working together. And so attachment lives in our emotions. Oftentimes our attachment is trying to conceal emotions, <laughs> but truly it's attachment lives in feelings, it which live in our nervous system, right? So our nervous system it helps us understand whether we're in sympathetic mode, if we're like calm, cool, collected, if we're safe, or if we're in fight or flight, fawn or freeze mode. And so in conjunction with the nervous system with feelings, our attachment system can be activated. And when that happens, then our subconscious kicks in with wonderful, I'm being sarcastic there, wonderful stories that we created usually in childhood that are outdated, oftentimes very self-centered. When our attachment system is activated, we're making up a lot of stories about what other people are doing and we're making it about us. So for instance, I have this client who's seeing this person. It's a bit of a situationship. It's They've both defined it as casual, but her attachment system continues to be activated. And what keeps happening is the person that she is in the situationship with is like behaving a certain way. And so what's happening is he's saying like, I don't want anyone in our group because they're in a travel group to know that we're dating or to know that we're seeing each other. And whenever that happens, her reaction is, oh, he doesn't want to be seen with me. He's embarrassed of me. He doesn't believe that we should be together because I'm not good enough. These are anytime that there is a story related to why someone is behaving a specific way, that is our attachment system being activated. So it's in our nervous system, it's in our emotions, and it's in our subconscious. I'm like doing the um, head, shoulder, fingers, toes dance right while I'm saying this, even though you can't see it. <laughs> so when you are starting to see someone new, or let's say you're just sleeping with someone and maybe you're trying to make it casual, or you're just even talking to someone online, what's happening is you are attaching to someone else. And when you're attaching to someone else, ideally, how we want to attach them is in a secure, interdependent way, which means we know how to state our needs. We know how to set boundaries. We're comfortable with the emotions that are coming up. We can share those emotions freely. We don't feel like we're too much of a burden or we're too needy when we do that. We're in like this beautiful symbiotic relationship with ourselves and with this other person that we're talking to or starting a relationship with. We're in an insecure, we have insecure attachment. What that means is that we are all of a sudden not necessarily relating to that person from this solid base within ourselves. And 
the different attachment styles tend to react differently when their um, system is activated. So what happens with the anxious preoccupied is they tend to want to get closer and closer and closer to the person that they are um, seeing casually or, or seriously. And key signs to show that this is happening are things like texting all the time, wanting to be in constant communication, not sharing needs because you're prioritizing the relationship over your own needs, people-pleasing. I mean, that's literally the definition of people-pleasing. Not setting boundaries, again, for fear of uh, the other person uh, leaving them if they do set a boundary. And so it's really, it's behavior that is driving them towards the other person what seems like at an accelerated rate. What happens to a dismissive avoidant when their attachment system is activated is they want that closeness. They want to have that connection with that person, but relationships are very, very, very scary to a dismissive avoidant. They're not a safe place because of their upbringing. And so what happens when especially if if the dismissive avoidant is in a relationship with a more anxious preoccupied person, the dismissive avoidant will see that like constant communication and that over attention that they're getting from that other person and, and they can deactivate a little bit. And so signs that you're deactivating are you're you've stopped communication, you've completely ghosted the other person, you started to stonewall them, like really like your way is the only way and that has to be the one choice. And you're not explaining to them why you need alone time. You're just expecting them to understand. You're expecting them to read your mind a little bit. You're expecting them to know that you need to soothe on your own and that you're going to come back and like you're not going to talk about what just happened ever again. So those are the signs if you're deactivating as a dismissive avoidant, if your attachment system is a little bit activated. And then the fearful avoidant really does swing in between. Oh, fearful avoidance. First of all, I just want to give you a hug right now. If you're in a new relationship, this is like the most exciting, thrilling, scary time ever. It's like it's like a roller coaster. Just fearful avoidance are very charming. They really truly do care about other people, but they flip-flop from they they <laughs> flip-flop a lot and they run so hot and cold. So when you're starting out a relationship, you can be so excited and like want to get into that anxious mode of like communicating, communicating, communicating and like being with them and driven towards them and then all of a sudden you're like this is scary. I actually just remembered I can't trust you. So now I'm going to deactivate and I'm going to withdraw, 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 withdraw. It's a flip floppy place. And it's important to you while for the rest of this episode to just catch yourself um, to see which end of the spectrum, the attachment spectrum that you're leaning. And that will give you the clues on how to regulate your nervous system while you're so excited to see this new person. Normally, I have a third solution for fearful avoidance because trust and betrayal are their biggest wounds. For this specific scenario, I actually just want you to pay attention to the anxious and the dismissive sides. Okay. And I say that especially because fearful avoidance, I see you. I am you. I am a recovering fearful avoidant myself. And I don't want you to get lost in this conversation. So I really want to book note that. But, uh, but book note that? What, is it, what does that even mean? I wanted to double click on that. How does that sound? That sounds way better. Okay. So the key to success here to regulating your nervous system, sorry, your attachment system, is meeting your own 
needs. This is honestly meeting your own needs is the key to healing your attachment system. Um, but it's hard because oftentimes when I'm working with a client, what they realize is, well, or sorry, when I'm working with a client and we're looking at the list of needs, what they realize is they're actually judging themselves for having needs in general. I used to be that person. I once told my own therapist, I don't want to have needs because that makes me too needy. So think about, do a little journal exercise to figure out what you think, what it means for someone to have needs and just try to figure out like, okay, where can I show myself that it's actually like safe and important to have needs? Then what I want you to do is to meet your own needs. So figure out like, what is it about this person? What needs are they meeting for you? And how can you continue to meet those needs on your own? And the reason that I say this is because when you're starting to date someone new, they start to meet so many needs in such a quick way, especially for the anxious preoccupied. When you meet someone new and you're starting to date someone, what happens is they start meeting your need for attention and approval. Because usually attention and approval are huge needs for the anxious preoccupied. And this person is giving them the that like so quickly. They're also giving them physical touch, emotional connection. There's so much happening with a relationship, a romantic relationship especially. And the romantic relationship is meeting those needs so quickly and so like intensely if you think about it. And so you have to break down what needs is that person meeting and start to meet them on your own so that you can separate your attachment needs away from your actual like wants, desires, and thinking brain that is thinking like, do I actually like this person? I can't tell you how many times I've started dating someone and just kind of like stayed in the relationship a little too long. I mean, this is my MO. I stay too long because they're meeting so many needs for me that I'm like, I'm not even really thinking about like the red flags, the pink flags, the personality, like when we first start dating. So if you start to meet your own needs while you're dating someone new, that helps you to separate like, do I actually like this person? Or are they just meeting all of my needs super quickly? And that's why I really want to spend more time with them. So this is a little hack to help you with that. So meeting your own needs, what does that look like? If your big needs are attention and approval, what I want you to do is give yourself attention and approval. This can be done through a journal practice. This can be done through self-care. And when I say self-care, I do not mean signing up for all bunch of activities that are going to exhaust you or spending a lot of money to go to the spa. No, 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 no. I want you to do self-care that is reasonable within your own schedule, doable, and affordable. So for me, my self-care is a bath. Like whenever I take a bath, oh my God, I'm like, that's the ultimate reset. I put on some candles. I have this wonderful incense that's from, I'll link it below. It's based on the astrological signs. So I put on the incense for the astrological sign that we're in and I light a candle and I've got my meditation music. And it's just this like deep, wonderful hour long connection to myself where I'm giving myself attention. I'm giving myself approval to take rest. What else is it? It's meeting my comfort needs to relax 
and it's meeting my spiritual needs. Cause again, like I'm connecting with the astrological sign. I'm thinking about what season we're in. And sometimes I'll try to do a little meditation when I'm in there. So try to figure out how that self-care fits into your life. If you have a huge need for physical activity or health, maybe your self-care is a yoga class or a high intensity training class or going to the gym, cooking a meal for yourself. Cooking a meal for yourself can also meet your comfort need, your attention need. There's a lot of different ways to connect to yourself on your own. I think another super important thing is to take yourself on a date by yourself. If you can't go on a date by yourself, then I want you to question whether or not you're actually ready to see someone else. Because if you can't handle your own company for a couple of hours on your own in public, You've got some work to do to heal, to be with yourself first before you can be with other people. That was my litmus test when I was going through my breakup. I planned weekly dates for myself and it was like, again, affordable things like a bike ride in the park, going to a dance class, going to, uh, it was a lot of bike rides, so like biking to the ferry building here in San Francisco. But spending that time, like cultivating a weekly practice of spending time with myself was so important because I needed to be able to spend time with myself, know, like give myself that attention, give myself that approval on my own before I let someone else do it. Like if I'm just letting someone else do it, I'm going to become way too attached to them meeting that need. So, okay. That's the self-care, attention approval. They are meeting a huge physical connection need for you. I encourage you to explore how to get physical touch outside of that. Can you book a massage? Does that does that can meet that need? Can you ask a friend to give you a hug? Can you ask a family member to give you a hug? Can you touch yourself, like give yourself a hug and like regularly? This isn't just one time. This is like you have to meet these needs every single day for yourself. And you need to track it every single day at night. Like, am I meeting this need for myself? Yes, no. And if not, how can I get it met right now? How can I be creative about this? And then if you are a dismissive avoidant, what I want you to do is as you're withdrawing, I want you to remember to communicate. And then as soon as you remember to communicate, I want you to remember to over communicate. <laughs> the reason that I say this is because I tended to lean dismissive avoidant, especially in my current relationship, because I'm in a relationship with a more anxious leaning person. And what happens when I'm communicating is I'm probably communicating one tenth of what a normal person would actually say. And I'll make up all kinds of stories. They don't need that information. I'm oversharing. That's it's not worth the time to say that oh, that's stupid. No one needs to know. Like there's so many different stories going on in my brain of why I shouldn't communicate. Mm -mm. You have to over communicate. And what I encourage you to do, because you're going to want to meet your needs on your own, the anxious preoccupied, maybe they need to go talk to a friend, have a friend date, schedule dinner with a friend. You, the dismissive avoidant, you need to soothe on your own. And so when you're soothing on your own, I want you to explain to this person that you're starting to date, why you need time alone from the person that you're dating. And I encourage you to think about how to say this in a fun, 
lighthearted way. So I'll give you an example. When let's say that you're dating someone, they're really looking forward to seeing you this week. They want to see you um, Tuesday and you are busy because you know that you need to take care of your own needs. Maybe that's going to the gym. Maybe that's just being home alone. Maybe that's like literally coming home alone, getting into comfortable clothing and crawling into bed for 10 minutes. That could totally be meeting all of your needs for comfort. If that is what you need to do and you're dating someone that wants to see you tonight, what I want you to do is explain to them, hey, I would love to see you tonight. Unfortunately, I need to spend some time by myself tonight just resetting. Let's make a plan to hang when we're both available. Are you free on this date? So what's happening here when you do when you say something like that is you are acknowledging them and their need. You are explaining what you're doing and why you're doing it. You're not making it about them. You're owning the fact that you need to reset, that you need time alone. And then you are offering to help meet their need for connection soon at a time that you are available to do it. Do not offer a date that is too soon, that is not going to meet with your schedule because then you're just over-promising and under-delivering. Like that's not fair to them. So think of a date that actually does work for you. If you can only, like what I've had to realize in my adult life, and I say that, (laughs) what I mean when I say adult life is when I quit drinking and I got sober (laughs) and I stopped going out late all night every single weekend was I need at least one day per weekend to relax spend time with myself, catch up with myself. And if I don't have that day, then my next week is going to be awful. And it really affects how I show up at work, how I relate to my husband, how I relate to my friends. Like I want to be a good person to everyone I'm in a relationship with, which means I got to take care of me first. No one else is going to take care of me. No one else is going to prioritize me. I have to do it. It is my responsibility. And I know that can sound like you're being a burden to some people, but you got to own it because in the long term, when you're doing that, you're going to show up so much better, so much calmer, so much funnier, like just ready to be in a room with someone after you've rested and you've soothed yourself. So think about how you're going to communicate it to them in a really lighthearted way. It doesn't have to be serious, um, you know, but you have to address it and you have to explain why. Because if you are going home to soothe and that person wants to meet up with you and you're just like, I'm overwhelmed by this and I'm not going to communicate that, especially if you're dating someone that's a little more anxious, that's going to throw them into attachment activation overload. All of a sudden they're like, you were meeting my need for attention and now it's gone. And I'm going to just keep swimming over here. (laughs) I don't know why I said swimming, but I'm doing a dog paddle motion with my hands. So I'm just going to keep lapping over here until I get that attention again. They they don't have that same attachment active or sorry, the attachment style is you. You're geared towards pushing away from people. They're geared towards pulling towards people. So just keep that in mind, especially as you're dating someone new, especially if you don't know what their attachment style is yet, over, over, over communicate. And when you think about over communicating, I want you to think about what does that mean about you if you are over over communicating and start to try to work through that. So if you think, oh, I'm too needy if I'm over communicating, 
what does that actually mean? And how can you see how over-communicating is actually like a really secure thing to do? Another thing for you, dismissive avoidant, if you are in a relationship with an anxious person that is activated, I want to offer to you to help them soothe. This is the secure mindset. This is it. This is something that I've recently just started mastering in really my marriage. It's amazing. It is being secure. So when you can help soothe someone that is freaking out because you're unable to see them, this is secure in a nutshell. So as you're communicating, let's say it's someone that leans a little bit more anxious, as you're communicating and they feel as if you're pulling away from them and you've clearly stated, hey, I need to be alone tonight. I just got to reset. I'm exhausted. As soon as I really like spend this alone time with myself, I'll be totally ready to hang with you. I can't actually like maybe you can't even imagine sending them a date when you are going to be available, but just say, I will text you when I am like fully ready to be and see you again. And I can't wait. And I'm so excited, but I just need this time right now. If they go into full on anxious mode and they're like, what's going on? Like, why are you doing this? And like, like texting a lot, I want to offer to you that you can help soothe them. And a way to help soothe them is just saying, Hey, I totally understand that you're just validating them. I totally understand that you want to see me tonight. I'm so sorry that I'm unavailable to you. I am taking care of myself and I'm going to be so rested and ready to see you at this future date. And I really appreciate you giving this time to me. And then maybe even help remind them, hey, why don't you go call that friend of yours? Or hey, why don't you go do that yoga class that you love? You can help remind them of like, they just need to get back to meeting their own needs and getting creative about how to meet them. That's like bonus, superpower, super secure strength right there. And that's okay if you're not there yet, but think about that as like being the goal, the long-term goal, and you're going to take the baby steps to get there. Just the baby steps. I wish that you could hear me talking right now because I am talking with my hands, doing dog paddles. I'm literally doing baby steps on my legs and no one is here to enjoy it. (laughs) So I'm just going to tell you about it. All right. That is it for today's show. I really hope this helps you as you are dating someone new. First of all, I'm excited for you to date someone new. Congratulations. I hope that you are thoroughly enjoying the process. And if you want help healing your attachment style, As you're meeting new people, I would love to help you. I coach people one-on-one to heal their attachment style so that they are showing up 100% authentically in relationships. They're getting their needs met. They are sharing boundaries and they are fully interdependent. They're letting people into their lives and letting them... They're like also taking care of themselves at the same time. It's such a beautiful thing. I have seen people open up in their marriage. They thought that they it was time to get a divorce and they just actually started to open up to their partner and communicate with them and started the to repair and come together and face each other. I've helped people totally regulate their nervous system in a new relationship, which can be really really difficult, especially when you're anxious and you're just spinning and spinning and spinning. I can help teach you tools to regulate 
the spins <laughs> so that you are calm, cool, and collected when you're texting that person and you're actually discerning whether or not you like them or if they are just meeting your needs in the moment. Um, it's really fun work. It's I'm very passionate about it. It's changed my life, changed the way that I show up to my husband, the way that I fight with my husband, the way that I repair with my husband. And yeah, I would love to share it with you. If you're interested in working with me, book a discovery call. You'll find out more about your own unique attachment style and specific tools to start to heal it. Visit sarahcohint.com forward slash coaching to learn more. And just know that I would love, 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 love to hear from you. Thank you so much for this week. This is such a fun topic. And good luck on those dates. Good luck with those people. Good luck regulating your attachment system. And I will see you back here next week.